coming up on OTH. Raymond and I have a lot to talk about with Patch 12.8, Champions Q Spring Split winners, LCS Spring Split finals, MSI News and Pools announcement, lots of roster moves throughout the LCS, and lastly, the latest story from Washington Post on TSM. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On the Hunt. Welcome, everybody, to episode 55 of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris, a.k.a. the Battle Station Commander, because I've been buying some new stuff for my room. Like, I got a, a new table and a new keyboard as well, which is now wireless. So I have a wireless mouse and a wireless keyboard now. Okay. And then my next upgrades are going to be a, a new graphics card. And with that, I have to get a, probably a new power supply as well. So just a whole lot of stuff is coming on spoiling through for me what kind of keyboard did you get dude it's just uh it's another razor one but it's because like it's one of the from what i was able to look up it's one of the better wireless keyboards that you can get and i for sure wanted to get a wireless one so i thought it just would go really well with um the mouse that i have as well because the the mouse connectivity for also being wireless it's never failed me so that's why i wanted I felt pretty reliable going with this keyboard that I got. Okay. I respect that. But, um, but it sounds different from my older keyboard, so there's no more clicky-clacky doomsday <laughs> scenarios anymore. Well, not it's, as much. Isn't that what you get keyboards, though, for? So that you can be on Discord and start click-clacking away, and your friends have to be like... Yeah, so that you know up. that I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but to rewind it with, dude, like the, the standing table thing, I which cost a fuck ton, by the way, it... Yeah. It's not that cool because now I feel guilty for not using it to stand. And I'm, right now, I'm right, and right now I'm not standing. I'm just sitting, and so it's just a table right now. Damn the pod. I, the pod feels like that'd be the perfect time to do the standing. You know, like you can just kind of like you don't need to be sitting there for anything. You're just walking around, talking, doing whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be appropriate if we were since we're in the studio and stuff. I could just like stand on up. <laughs> but I digress. And joining me on this episode is our other co-host, Raymond. I feel like it's been a bit, man. How's it going? It has been a bit. I've had some wacky shit going on. This kind of that's why we didn't record faster last week. But um, I know I'm doing good now. Just uh, work's been slow. I don't know. I'm kind of bored, other than the wacky life shit. But I'm just been kind of bored, like during the day, because work has been slow, and I like know that i can't just leave because something might come up but like stuff isn't coming up you know so i'm like I'm just hanging out for a lot of the day it's kind of annoying i can see how that that maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing uh, but yeah i mean it's all good we we got to take a little bit of a recording break anyways for due to the break for msi but we've got a lot to cover today in this jam-packed episode yeah dude a lot has gone on in this week that i did not expect to happen like right now yeah, so I'll just, I mean, I'll, I'll summarize it a bit. We're, we're going to cover the, the latest patch, uh, the LCS playoffs, some MSI stuff, roster rumors, and then top it off with some with some uh, quote news today as well. <laughs> uh, but for, I guess before we get started with all that, how has the, the league life been going? Uh, it's been going all right. Um, still, I'm mostly still just playing with my friends who are, you know, still like new to the game. I think a lot of them have placed now and we're like around the low bronze area, so... I just okay. play with I was going to say, I feel like they've been like new for like a month. I feel yeah. like they've been new for a month now. So maybe, I don't know if they're ready to dive on in just yet, but it sounds like they are. 
Yeah, we've got some good practice in. I definitely am like training weights for them like big time. So it's uh, I'm sure it's easier for them to play their games when it's not me as the fifth and they can play with other bronze players. Oh, true. But uh, yeah, I mean, just been fitting some games in here or there. Nothing crazy. What about Sounds you, man? good. You been playing some League? League Life? No, I don't play that game anymore. <laughs> Come on, and last time you I, said you played like one ARAM. But maybe I we did. have another. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's a fair expectation. But my... Um, I don't know if I feel happier not playing League. I feel like... <laughs> I do feel more free, where I feel like, well, League has always been, like, my go-to time waster. Like, if I definitely have nothing to do and I could choose to do whatever, I would just go play some ARAMs or something, and for sure, like, 20 minutes could fly by. Yeah. And then right now, I just haven't felt that need to, like, oh, I sit down, and if I want to open something, that game is not League at this time. And uh, maybe it'll be, maybe sometime it'll return, but just not right now, I guess. But it has been, like... A solid two months i guess maybe even <laughs> or three yeah three months almost yeah you know breaks are good for it i feel like I, I always feel like there's at least i mean for me who hasn't like you know we clearly haven't quit league all the way yet right like there's always times where you don't play for whatever reason for a little bit and then it starts to come back you know you're like oh shit like damn i could really i watch a stream or something and like damn i want to play i want to play this champ or i want to play league i'm down that's, that's yeah, I, st- I still, I still think about like all of the time that I put into league and how much like we know about league and all these random little champion tricks yeah. as well that you just have to know after playing it for so long. And I definitely feel like if I if I felt like I had a group going for league, then I would be more apt to jump back in. Right. I don't know. It depends. But yeah, just uh, using league as a time spender for myself i'm not too big on it right now that's fair that's fair. I, I need another reason to get back into it that's you know that's a sign that we're growing up you know it's not just yeah yeah which is also a good yeah. thing maybe yeah, a bad true. thing <laughs> all right let's jump into this patch 12.8 that we covered a little bit uh some time ago with the preview but now we've got the real thing and it looks like there's a whole bunch of champions that got buffed this patch. About 14, I'm counting. Three champions getting nerfed and some adjusted, uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of want to hop through this a little quickly. So for buffs, we have Bard, Ezreal, Fiddlesticks, Kassadin, Jin, Mordekaiser, Poppy, Sejuani, Silas, Tristana, Velkaz, Vladimir, Zerath, and Zoe. Um, and then for nerfs, uh, we have Jinx, Soraka, Zaya, and I'm going to say Kaisa got nerfed as well. Um, and then a whole bunch of, you know, let's call them adjustments for Swain. And I was kind of telling you beforehand that like it's kind of annoying that they made so many changes to Swain on the patch that's going to be used for MSI. Like, why why couldn't they just wait a patch or something like that? Yeah. Um, but where do you want to start see. with all of that? Let's start with, the um, I guess. Let's talk about the whoever. Swain thing. I'm fine with that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting, I think, to have a new... I mean, it, it is weird. I think it's definitely, like, not good to make the big change like just like this is you know this is essentially a new champ that's being released in quotation marks like on this msi patch and people didn't really play him so it's not like it's like a big power pick probably you know he's still mostly doing the same stuff um 
but they're making like he gets more he gets more health from his stacks his he can't pull off of other people's cc and his ulti like now is forever on as long as you're draining from somebody so it's kind of like it's it is kind of just like adjustments it's like the way that they talked about it but um I don't know. I've 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 seen some people toying around with him. He doesn't seem too crazy different, but when you're like when you're ahead and you can get in those fights where your ulti is just like always on and the enemy team like just doesn't have enough damage to kill you, you know, like they've only got one or two guys that are like dealing damage and they're burst people and they can't one shot you and then you just get there and get to steal health forever and ever and get a bunch of keys off. He he seems kinda strong, but I don't know that it's Especially in like competitive meta, I don't think he's going to be super dominant. Right, and yeah, you described pretty much the the biggest point, which is that he can't pull other off of other people's CC anymore, and his ulti lasts forever. And then you can also do the ulti explosion, and it doesn't end the ulti anymore. Yeah, um, which I feel like so both those points about the ulti are are pretty important. In, in addition to like a lower cooldown, so yeah, it, I guess it really depends on the team fight prowess that maybe an 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 always on ulti would supply to you but yeah like you were saying he wasn't really a big competitive pick and i was kind of saying for like you know the last three years you know the last person i remember playing swain was like febovin in lcs so yeah that must have been like 2018 or something yeah right i mean like or like the season eight when uh when adc's ceased to exist right and people probably we're playing Swain bot then I remember like when Whippo oh, right. roll swapped right and replaced Reckless bottom that was that was something those were the days right. yeah I remember a lot of like Swain Pike and stuff like that mm. yeah but since then I don't know I feel like there's there's every once in a while where I would play that champ bot lane like even after that you know eight eight eleven patch or whatever it was and uh I don't know this champ is kind of cursed for me I feel like every time I pick it it's like we don't do bad in lane it's like not even it's not even like that bad of a game, but I just can never actually win the game with him. So I'll say it right now, I'm gonna try him, but I'm expecting him to still be cursed. <laughs> yeah, and maybe doing that as like eighty carry is not the greatest idea, um, just because you won't have like the extra levels to stay alive as long. I don't know. Yeah, I think now especially the like not having the synergy to pull off of your allies too is like kind of hard like that was one of the big things that you can play a duo lane and have like leona or pike or whoever and now you're you're double pulling them or like the stun duration is just forever extended so that stuff is nice i think is gonna be a pretty big deal about not having him in the bot lane similarly not having him as support either like i bet he'll see more play as mid or top because of these changes yep um, now let's talk about some of the other champions that are have changes in this patch, I, and we covered a bunch, a bit of them before. But are there any that you want to cover over again? Um, I think one one that I think we haven't seen like a ton of, or that seems probably small just looking at it, is the Mordekaiser passive change. They're giving him basically just more move speed at higher levels, at level six and level eleven. He now gets like beats or uh he gets his move speed bumped up when he has his passive moving like when he gets the three hits going and the circle around them is damaging people he gets uh now three six and nine percent at levels one six and eleven of move speed which i think is probably going to make more teams pick him like as a counter like two tanks especially if more people at msi just try to like blind pick orn or whatever 
Um, we'll see. I, I bet this would be a nice change for Mordekaiser in those spots. Like, it doesn't change his, like, that he's not blindable or, like, he's not good into ranged matchups, whatever. Like, he's still going to have a hard time playing in every top lane, but in the ones where he was good, he'll be, like, extra good now. Yeah, that's actually a pretty big change to just increase the movement speed that he gets. Yeah, move speed is always nice. Especially for a champ that doesn't have any mobility otherwise. Any changes you're looking at? I'm also looking at the Triss changes. They're giving her bonus AD scaling. I think that's like... I don't know. I feel like that champ is already good. And she can probably play into some like mid matchups that she's not getting played into right now. So having just extra scaling is pretty nice too. I'm trying to scroll through. Nothing really seems too sticking out for me. Which is how I thought this patch should be. Just a whole lot of like minor numbers adjustments. Minus the swing thing. Yeah. Which I'm I'm like oddly upset about. But yeah, other than that, not, nothing that we didn't cover before with the, the jinx and the Kaisa changes and how that might affect some of the other uh, people who end up getting played in the bot lane at MSI. Yeah, same with Zaya too. I think, you know, the thing with uh, the one that I would call out is that we've already seen definitely uh, solo queue data for jinx go down. Like, I think she's lost a lot of percent win rate in solo queue. Um, like she might be below 50 at this point. Um, but I think that these, these nerfs are like certainly going to hit her, um, at MSI. Like you'll feel it. You might not see people not pick Jinx, but she's going to be not as good, uh, in the same spots that she was before. Any other champions you want to talk about, uh, from this patch? Um... I don't think so for me. I did see actually, you know, I saw um the the change to Jin, like the the changes to Jin aren't very crazy. He gets a little bit longer root duration and basically more monster damage. Uh, and one thing they changed with his E is that you can you basically there used to be a damage debuff when you had multiple traps on jungle monsters. Um, but this goes for like Baron, so you couldn't like one shot Baron with forty traps at level twenty or whatever, or at minute twenty or whatever. Um, but I saw Arrow put out a video on Twitter where he set up like four traps at level one right outside of um, Raptors, like you would with like Shaco boxes, kind of, and basically like super leashed Raptors like the half HP, um, which is kind of what uh, he was saying, like what they used to do with Maokai support, right when that got. Uh, was a thing for a while where you throw a couple of saplings into the bush at uh, Raptors, and then Jungler could just like have level two at a minute forty. So I, I remember if, that. Yeah, I wonder if that's like actually going to be a thing, or if it's kind of just a meme thing that you would have to start trap as Jin, you know? But it'd be kind of <laughs> interesting if it did happen. Uh, Keep no an eye way. out for the cheese strat. No way. <laughs> <laughs> you could make your friend who plays AD have to do this in his next game when he picks Jin. So. That's the fun part. Um, one last thing I want to cover from this patch is um, a change to Stopwatch, where now if you have Guardian Angel or Zanyas, you can't buy Stopwatch anymore. So you can't have you know two instances of um, Stasis. And I don't know if this was ever necessary. You know, this has kind of been in the game for a while. You know, I you know obviously since Stopwatch has been in the game, you could yeah. do the the double Stasis. Kind of don't know why that this change is being made now. And well, I don't know if, it, um, I don't know if like if you have a stopwatch, and then if you have enough gold to like combine uh, a, or like outright buy a Zanya's. I don't know if, if in that instance you'll be able to keep both. 
Uh, but that's the only thing I was thinking about. What were you going to say? I think they've, I, I think a case like that where you can still do it technically where you can, um, you can buy, yeah, you basically have to buy a stopwatch and then, or buy two stopwatches and then buy Zanias. Um, like you can do that, <laughs> uh, which is like maybe a thing that people will do, you know, but I, I think that's, it's kind of fair. I think it's nice to not have to think about double stopwatch, right? Like for the most part, it's a meme thing and it is like a pretty big investment. I don't know. Maybe it's worth it. Like if you're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm like seriously capping myself by buying a second stopwatch when I already bought my stopwatch item. Um, but I don't know. To me, that always felt like it was just like a super, like super cheese thing that it's usually on champs that you shouldn't expect it to happen on. Um, and like having having Zonia's, I don't know. Just like having to keep track of it just feels a little weird. Um, so I'm I'm okay with them kind of removing the interaction. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm okay with it as well. Just I don't know why it it took so long to do that. I guess. Yeah, it does feel, it is, like, a little, I don't know, just weird. Like, it almost like you just want them to have, like, a shared cooldown, if anything, but I'm to say. All right, so I think we covered enough from this patch. The last thing we can just go over is some skins that are going to come out that seem pretty sweet. So we have Lunar Equips, Aatrox, Senna, and then Sun, e- Sun Eater Kale, Solar Eclipse Sejuani, and Solar Eclipse Sivir. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have two sea themed skins in Gangplank and Sea Dog Yasuo, which I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So, it's a sea dog, a salty sea. I don't know. That's like a pirate. It's kind of pirate lingo. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not too familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that those last two are like, I, they might be uh, Ruined King lore. Have you ever like played that game, by the way? I have it. I've played like the first like hour and a half of it and haven't gone back to it for a while. But I, I had fun with it. I, I, I want to go back to it. I just haven't finished it. Okay. I actually had no idea like what that game was because I thought it was like an action-adventure sword swinger kind of game. But then mm-hmm. somebody finally showed it to me, and it turns out it's like a turn-based kind of game. So that, that does look like it's kind of fun and, you know, ha- including the... Um, the lead characters and you get to play as like mf and use her ulti and stuff like that it seems pretty cool yeah it was pretty interesting i think for me it was it like took a while to get into like you start out like so slow like picking up characters and having like one skill but it is like a little it's a bit weird of a a system to get used to i think oh okay all right let's keep it pushing uh let's just quickly brief over the spring winners for champions queue so i guess they take the combined results from split one and split two and then they give another reward for the combined um efforts i suppose so in first place we have uh, c9 zven second place clg dokla third place uh jojo pyun fourth place um eg kaori who i believe is on the academy team um fifth place is golden guardians ole Sixth place is CLG Breezy. Seventh place is Golden Guardians Pride Stalker. Eighth place is IMT Arrow. Ninth place is TL Armeo. And then tenth place is EG Surdy, who, uh, do you know what position he plays? I think he's a top laner for their academy team. Oh, okay. So, 
nice to see that there's multiple Golden Guardians members and EG members here on this list. And then um, nice to see that Sven is still up there trying his hardest, even though he, he was in Academy for the spring split. Yeah, I do think it's funny that uh, I, I think Doklo was the one who won like split two on its own. And then Jojo was the one who won split one, right? But then Sven is just like, he was chilling up there in both splits, like in the top 10. Yeah. To pull out the the overall one. So I wonder if those other guys just like were like, you know, whether Dokla didn't play that much in split one. I guess he's number two. He probably had to play some, huh? But interesting. Yeah, he must have he must have played a fair share. An individual one. And then I've only written the, the all, all 10 of these places. I believe they got prize support, but I've only written out the top three here. So first place got 25,000. Second place got tw- half of that, 12,500. But then it, there's a drastic drop off to third place and beyond uh, for 2,500. And I can't remember what four through 10 get. It's a good chunk of change for Sven, a guy who is uh, kind of unemployed. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be talking about more about him later. Okay, uh, now it's been some time since the the LCS finals, but let's talk about the the spring playoffs. Uh, starting off with TL versus EG, or at least, um, and let's just take some time to cover some highlight moments um, instead of like getting too deep about each of the games. Yeah. So I actually did end up going back and watching um, all of the TL versus EG games, and. I think we're just going to have to talk about what, what happened in game one that turned the whole game around. In my... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair The Danny Pentico, like that's, if you're going to see one clip out of the entire finals weekend, it has to be the Danny Baron Steel and Pentico. Like there's nothing else. And I would actually probably say that was the highlight of the whole weekend. Cause the rest of it was just like, wow. That, why can't anyone beat EG when <laughs> I don't even know if, EG played too crazy, but definitely EG got the best of you know both of TL and Hundred Thieves. Spoiler, I guess, um, by just having consistent play uh, throughout the whole game. Yeah. Although you know sometimes uh, TL or Hundred Thieves might get you know first or even uh, first blood on Danny specifically, but then they would have these super crazy funnel strategies to put a lot of gold into Danny just throughout the game, and then but then eventually just everyone on EG was doing great throughout the whole weekend yeah it definitely felt like eg just like they they had such good prep and like a game plan for themselves like throughout the the whole entire weekend both series um they knew i I feel like they knew not only like what they wanted to play right but they were ready in both series like in the game twos and games threes where the enemy team tried to pivot in the draft a little bit and like they're like, oh, you're gonna pick Orin, like we're gonna counter you or whatever, whatever, um, or we'll take it away. And they always had a draft like ready in response to it. Like, yeah, you're not gonna get to just do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That seemed that seemed like the big takeaway for me is that they just they they were kind of on a momentum, you know, like they they had just three C nine going into the weekend, and they knew that the way they played worked. It felt like you know, and everybody else had to yeah try to catch up. Uh, are there any other um, games from the whole finals weekend that you want to cover, either against TL or against Hundred Thieves? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other games in particular. the 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 Hundred Thieves series felt like I don't know that that one was the definitely the 
easier one for EG, you know? Yeah, a bit uneventful, I would say. I liked, I did like at the end, I like that they called their shot too. Like at the end of Friday's games, they were saying, you know, they had JoJo and Danny on the stage and interviewing them, like, you're going to finals, Danny did this crazy play, right? Uh, and Danny was like, yeah, I think... I think we thought that today was going to be the harder series. Like, 100 Thieves is not as good as TL, so we're definitely going to three of them tomorrow, basically. Yeah. And they fucking went out and did it, dude. The absolute bad men. Yes, and it's pretty crazy. Looking back, they only dropped some games to TL at the start of the playoffs and then to FlyQuest right after, but then went on a whole, <laughs> you know, ten. they went on a 10-game win streak, or yeah. it's 11. Yeah, 11-game win streak to finish out the rest of the playoffs, and um, they'll be heading to MSI. I want to ask you, um, I guess, how do you think about EG, or how do you feel about EG, the team, after this whole series of events? Because I don't think anyone could have predicted that at the start of playoffs, they were going to be doing this well for themselves. Um, but, you know, looking upon their team now with some great strengths in across the whole team, I guess, how do you feel about Evil Geniuses, uh, you know? With all of the hype that they started with from lock-in, kind of a mediocre start of the spring split, having you know more or less a negative record all the way up to the final end of it, where they just won some tiebreakers to break even and and secure yeah. fourth place. Um, but what, yeah, how do you feel about Evil Geniuses after all of this? Like this kind of like roller coaster ride of a spring split, uh, and the first for JoJo and second for Danny. Yeah, it is a little crazy. I think. I think. Um... I think I've heard the stat on Hotline League a couple times, like since they made it to the finals weekend, probably, um, where they were saying that EG during the spring split, during regular season spring split, never won more than two games in a row. Like they they never had larger than a two game win streak, you know, just to show how like inconsistent this team was, and it felt like a lot of the criticisms that they had, like or that you could have had on this team in in spring was like that they take they're taking every fight they're way too aggressive right like they're they're these like newish players like between like jojo and danny and even inspired who's not like that seasoned of a veteran right um and they were they're just kind of going for everything coin flipping games and you can't expect them to be consistent ever and then they go into these playoffs and i don't think that they changed their style too much but they just were way better at finding, I guess, either they were way better at actually taking the fights or better at picking only the ones that they knew they were going to win um, or that they had a better chance at, you know? Maybe they just had better positions in every game, but they to go on that 11-game win streak in lower bracket, you know, that's I think that's just, like, too insane to not be excited about this team coming out of the playoffs and going to MSI. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what they can do for themselves with with that style that they've secured. And it doesn't look like um, after we've covered patch, you know, twelve point seven and twelve point eight, it doesn't look like you know there's going to be huge deviations from what they've played in playoffs to MSI. There's not going to be like sudden rumble and Morgana jungle like roaming the streets, and now you just have to adapt to that. Um, right. So I'm excited to show or see what. Um, you know, the strong points of their team uh, can pull out and then uh, see how Danny and Jojo can perform uh, overseas as well. Yeah, I think it'll 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 definitely be interesting. I think the one thing that I would, I, I've heard this echoed a few times um, since, since EG1, right? And it's everybody going like super hype about, you know, oh, it's 
Danny and Jojo, this this new talent, right? New NA talent, Ricky talent, winning, you know, winning the split against like all these veteran teams. It's crazy. Um, but it's it's definitely I feel like we have to shout out the other members of the team, like inspired and impact, especially went like super crazy in the entire weekend, I think. Yeah, the um, entire weekend. Yeah, like impact soaked like so much. Like, I mean he was winning lanes that you know, I mean, he doesn't have to win, but he was winning lanes. Like, he picked that Mordekaiser pick in game two of the finals um, into, you know, someday trying to pick Orin away um, and just showed, like, this like this is how you beat Orin, guys. Like, come on. Um, and Inspired was, like, just a super consistent... I mean, he was talking about it after they won, about, like, look, all I, all I have to do, I have to just go bottom and I spoon-feed Danny kills. I'm like, here, Danny, take this. I know you're going to carry late game. You're, like, the best fucking player in the world kind of thing. Um, so it was, it was pretty crazy to watch those guys just like super shine. I do think like, like you said with Danny, like, er, like getting killed in early game, right? Like dying in lane and that kind of stuff. I think that the same is going to happen probably for Jojo. I mean, probably, right? Like he's going to play against caps. He's going to play against Faker. Like the, these, I think it'll be harder for EG to replicate exactly the way they played because their weaknesses are going to be like more exposed right like i think they still have a chance like their other players are good they played really well as a team right um but those those things that they might maybe get away with against you know these like na teams uh are going to probably be punished a little harder by some of these foreign international teams Uh, um okay and then my last question to you would be that do you feel extreme, like confidently that EG is the best team that we could have, we could be sending to MSI because, you know, looking back on some of on their playoff run in that last weekend, some of these games were, they were in extreme leads by like 15 minutes. And then some of the games were before over by like even 23 minutes into the game. So they were kind of stomping TL and, and hundred thieves in some of their matches. What, what do you think about EG and compared to like, the rest of the lcs i suppose yeah i mean i i think they kind of have to be i don't know i think that i think that if any of these other teams had won i probably would have been okay with it not c9 i think c9 was doomed like and they oh proved yeah that they blew up the roster right like c9 going into the top four like i don't i don't think that they were actually like should have been in the conversation at all right but between 100 thieves and each and tl or yeah if either of them had figured out a way to one, I probably would have been fine with it. Um, like, I think if, if TL had, like, 3-0'd EG on Saturday, right? Like, I'm not thinking twice about, like, oh, shit, I really thought EG would be the one to go to MSI, right? And they'd be our hope. Um, but I don't see, like, looking... As it's played out, right? I don't think I see a reason why I would want either of those two teams instead of EG right now like they were just they were like ahead above the rest at least in playoffs right like whether that's just this patch kind of thing or they just figured out themselves as a team and are and are like by far and away the better team um i'm definitely happy with them as our representative yeah me too and i hope that they can take what they've got and just have a strong showing at msi yeah I hope so too. I think the only way that MSI could go bad is if they like get two owed by the Oceania team in groups and somehow don't make it to the the rumble stage. <laughs> yeah, so let's get started with MSI. So there, there's two things to share. Uh, 
first is that during the LCS you know playoffs weekend, they announced the the pools for the let's call them like the first stage, the play-ins. So in Group A, we have um, Detonation, Focus Me, Saigon Buffalo, T1, and Team A's. I don't know where that last team is from. Uh, and Group B, we have Istanbul Wildcats, PSG Talon, Red Can Red Candids, and Royal Never Get Up. So you'll that's a lot of returning names there. And then lastly, in Group C, we just have only three teams with G2 Esports, Evil Geniuses, and Order from uh, Oceania. So pretty cool uh, play-ins uh, groups that are set up here. Uh, I remember last year, it was kind of like, let's just watch our, or the LPL representative beat these other two teams to a pulp. And yeah. <laughs> I think uh, one of the other groups felt the same way as, as well. Or, no, actually, I think PSG talent like, surprised us a little bit. Yeah, I if I recall what the other groups, I, I feel like I feel like the groups where you have the the two major regions are like fine, you know. But it was just like last year that it was RNG because of like how one team dropped out or whatever. It was RNG was the only one that could go, or like RNG was alone in that group of three, like as the only major region. So that one felt like yikes to watch, you know. Like that was unfair. So yeah. I, I like that they have. This time we get G two and EG instead of like just G two and and random regions or like more wild card regions instead. Yeah, I mean, maybe NA is group. a wild card, but. And then, um, so how these groups work is that that the the teams will play each other a lot. I think Group C plays uh, more games against each other than the other teams, uh, and then it's the top two from each group that will advance onto the the second Rumble stage, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I think that they also changed up the schedule for that as well. So it is confirmed to be starting on May 10th. And I think the first game starts at like 1 a.m. or something like that. Yeah, it's an early start time. We get that that Korea schedule. I think I think maybe the first day. No, never mind. It's all at 1 a.m. for us. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so that, that that's the the MSI pools. The other MSI news that we have is that the L- the LPL team representatives are allowed to be playing remotely instead of in South Korea with all of the other teams um, that will be attending. And then on top of that, all teams are going to be forced to be playing on, on 35 ping for throughout the whole competition. Um, oh, and then I, I don't know how the schedule is going to work out, but so the, the first play-ins pools uh, starts on may 10th and then the rumble starts on may 20th i believe so i think there's like a, a gap in between the end of the first stage and this um and starting into the second stage as well like maybe like four or five days unless they change the schedule so how do you feel about this uh lpl team getting to play remotely due to you know whatever circumstances that they have going on yeah i think i don't know it's a little weird i think to make like it just sucks that everybody else has to play on ping as well, you know. Like I, I don't know how big of a deal that is being someone who hasn't played on, you know, ten ping realistically. Um, so I don't know how much that's really going to affect anybody else. Like if they're all on the same level playing field, but it does suck. I think just that um, that it, you know, it, whatever is a difference from a normal LAN event basically, um, which is kind of lame. But it's nice that LPL gets to play at least. Like they are since the uh, event is in Korea, like it's not that far away for them. And you know, they already play solo queue like that anyway. So it should be, I, I think it's okay. I think it, it's a little lame, but not the worst. 
yeah, it's a little lame, but in the I'm glad that they get to play. Like uh, it definitely wouldn't be the same without them, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, any uh, anything else about MSI that you want to talk about? Uh no, I don't know. I feel like I don't want to say anything about playing or the the you know the initial group stage because it feels like the only way things could go bad is if EG like doesn't make that second spot like I was saying and then you know somehow don't make it into Rumble because that that's the fun part right like I want to see Danny and JoJo against like Faker and RNG and whatever but I don't I don't want them to just like get clapped by G2 and clapped by this Oceana team uh-huh. but I mean you, but I you, think you... I think everyone else should just like like it should go as expected, you know. Like I think we'll see T yeah, one yeah. come out, and we'll see PSG and RNG come out of Group B. Um, I don't, I don't know enough about the other Group A teams to say, you know, anything differently about who's going to be second there. But like, I don't think it's going to be crazy here. But we'll see. Come next week. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because I could see EG just dropping a lot of games there, like <laughs> losing games to order. Uh, maybe like a if they play two or three times, and you know. They could lose one or maybe even two games uh, just because of, like, inconsistency or, like, nervousness playing on an international area. Uh, but I I feel like that's pretty funny because I'm not too crazy. I don't know if I feel that crazy about UG of, like, oh, they're definitely our best team um, or, or, like, that we've ever sent, at least. Um, or But I know that they have some strong points about them, but then can they keep that up? Um, I could see it, like... I can see them dropping the ball here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah. Anything else fine. for MSI? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. They should be fine. Uh, be no, fine. I'm good on MSI. I think now we just got to wait to see. Right. Now let's do some roster talk because in the last like seven days a whole lot of stuff just came out of nowhere that i actually really wasn't expecting i don't know i don't know why i wasn't expecting too many roster changes outside of like we were talking about maybe c9 but even some of the lower teams i i didn't um you know outside of the top five i didn't expect anyone to be making any roster moves um halfway through the the year so i mean let's start with the big talks uh with cloud nine officially announcing that summit isles and winsome are leaving and i believe that some Twitter talk went on that Malice is going to be moving from the Academy jungle to the coaching staff there as well. Um, mm-hmm. So about four players moving. And then there are some rumors that Jensen will be joining the team um, heading to middle with, and, and with summit leaving the team fudge would be going back to top and then um, to cover for, you know, two supports leaving their team. Zen would be transitioning from Academy AD carry to the main roster support and I think they might be picking up Destiny for, for support as well. Um, so all, a lot of that last step was rumored, but let's start with the first three leaving the team. One, are you surprised? And then two, how do you feel about it? <laughs> um, I think I'm not too surprised based off of like based off of how the year ended for them and the like I don't know the scuttlebutt, the rumors that have been surrounding the collapse kind of of C9. I'm not that surprised that this has happened like there was enough if this was the the only thing i'd heard about it i would have been like no shot they just like the last thing we heard was summit got mvp and now he's off the team like i'd have been bonkers you know but i think that there's enough coming out that there was some shit like i don't know the team just wasn't working or summit wasn't you know integrating in a whatever 
they couldn't they couldn't make this work, and so I'm not surprised to see Summit leave. I think Winston was probably the the more expected one, you know, like if you're C9 and you look back and you're like, look, we can fix Summit, Winsome I would have seen as like, eh, it's probably not going to be our best bet for this year at least. Like maybe you keep him as Academy or whatever, but if like if you're losing Summit and you feel like Winsome isn't that good, like I'm probably fine dropping him um, like alongside it. Just like it, you know that your team is suddenly going to be a lot less Korean, right? So I would uh, be ready to move him. Yeah, and, and it looks like Simon is just going straight back to Korea as well. There's pretty much 0% chance he'll play for another LCS team, at least for the summer split here. And then, so how do you feel about Fledge transitioning back to the top lane? Do you think, like, was the mid-experiment good, or are you happy to see that he might be going back? I think I'm happy to see him going back. I don't think it was, like, bad that he was in mid. Um... I don't think so either. But especially, especially given the consideration that it's like they're ready to pick up Jensen, I'm, you know, like I'm down for the role swap. If they were just swapping him back and like putting copy in, uh, I think you feel a little bit more like it's like they think he's like he's not good mid or whatever. Like it's not working out. And I wouldn't say it's not working out, but this feels a lot more like it's just uh, like it's something he wants to do and they have good ways to to fill the role. Um, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know enough about like how how to analyze how they played or anything to say like, yeah, he's a born top laner. Like he should be there or, or whatever. <laughs> like or his tendencies mid were bad because he played top. He should just go back to sure. top. Like I don't know about that stuff because um, he seemed like he was okay. Like I mean, f- to be fair, like half his job just had to be like pick rise and you know pick TF and then stun somebody for summit. You know and then let summit go wild. So. I think he I think he looked okay, but it's probably better for him to go back to top just in terms of being like I mean he was a good top laner, right? Like la- near the end of last year we felt like he was a top 3 top in NA, right? And I don't think that's what he felt like as a mid for C9. So it's probably better for them. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. We just he played one year for top and then one split for mid and so I just kind of Whatever he wants to stick with, I would be okay with. Um, and I think that he's a good player to be in the league as well. Um, as far as his mid-performance goes, I think, yeah, he did a fine job. Um, this splits, uh, the spring splits kind of meta wasn't too crazy. I, I know he played a lot of Corky, but even a bit of few RE games. I know that he had uh, some pop-off ones there. But then some yeah. of the Victor games that he played during the playoffs were just kind of eh. Um. Which, to be fair, when you're on a team that like felt like you're losing it, like C9 was, like Victor's not a great champ to show off in those kind of games. But yeah, I think I think it would have been more fun if if the LS experiment had gone well and he had stayed around. I think we would have seen a lot more interesting stuff out of Fudge, like the Ivern stuff. And I kind of forgot and, about the Ivern thing. Yeah, right. Like that was so long ago. Like he picked Ivern and Soraka in the first two weeks of LCS as the as this brand new mid laner, and then like just never happened again like if if that if that kind of strategy had stuck around and fudge was able to show like this versatility as you know the guy who's gonna pull out these crazy things the guy who's gonna pull out like toppling champs you know when necessary or whatever if that would have been cool but just being like a normal meta mid i don't 
don't have a feeling one way or another about him staying there or leaving. For sure, for sure. Uh, anything else about Cloud9? Um, I don't know. I think... Uh, what do you think about Jensen coming back? I feel like he's... I think he'll be better than Bjergsen has looked this split, you know? Like, being a, someone else who's taken a break, but Bjergsen was longer as, like, the coach, even though he played uh, Soki and that kind of stuff. I think I think he'll be better, but I don't know that he's going to be, you know, top three, like, you know, the world semifinalist Jensen right away. Sure, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he's going to perform, but what I would want to say on this is that I'm glad that, of all teams, he would be going to C9 or, you know, a top three team, because, yeah, I pretty much only want to see him on TL, maybe maybe 100 Thieves, um, or or even the way that C9 is going to shape out now with having, a, you know, Fudge, Blabber, Berserker. Yeah, I, I think it's fine for Jensen to be joining this team, and I have high hopes for him uh, coming back into this, and I feel like that, um, I, at least um, the pieces around him, I don't know if how well, because he's never played with Fudge, um, and I think it's been a while since he's played with, um, no, scratch that. Cause I was going to say it's been a while since he's played with imports, but he played <laughs> with them on TL, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, d- he played with, he played with Blabber, right? When he was last on C9, he was like, he was the duo with Blabber. They were doing like Svenskir and Golden Glue and Blabber Jensen, right? Well, yeah, I guess that was the last time that they, yeah, they did that. So, so yeah, it's not gonna I- be I'm glad totally that- new. Yeah, not totally new, but yeah, Fudge and Berserker, and I don't know if he if they end up playing with Sven. I don't think he's played with Sven before. Um, so, yeah. so some familiar faces, some some new pieces, and how are they going to operate with um, somebody like Jensen? And does Jen for as as far as Fudge go, and Sven go? Will like Sven, uh, will Jensen be reminiscent of like Perks's play from last year, and how sometimes Perks was like kind of a leader in the game? So I, I think it's really interesting for Jensen to be coming one back to the C9 organization, two playing for this C9 roster, and I'm pretty excited for it if he is. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good spot. The only, I do think it's weird that he's going back to C9 just because I felt like he of all people like left C9 on pretty bad terms. You know, like that that felt like a, more of a like fuck you, Jack. Like I'm not coming back. You know, Steve paid me and and he cares about me um, <laughs> and i and i don't i'm like that's the part where i'm surprised like you know there must have been some like jack going to thanos you know like you must be really desperate if you're coming to me for help kind of thing right like uh-huh like some something I, that that's the part where i wonder like if this doesn't go well is he is there you know he's probably gotten next split you know just as fast if, if things go badly yeah, but I, I'm I'm glad that he's back in the league, and you, there, we've been talking about a whole lot of players who were out of the league, like um, who have now found homes. I think Niski found a home, Jizuke found a place. Now Jensen has. Maybe the only outstanding people I'm thinking of now is like Sven Skarin, and I, I don't know if there's anybody else off the top of your. Oh, and Ignar is coming back as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that a lot of players are coming back after after one split. Yeah. True. Uh, it, it's it's almost like it's kind of funny that LCS is like I felt like this year was oh we're getting all these new guys you know we have all these new rosters or new imports whatever but they're like nah never mind bring those guys back they you're right they were good yeah and then I'll I'll be excited to see yeah how Jensen's gonna fare against I guess it's more or less the same top teams with uh, hundred thieves 
and uh, Cloud9 being the, the top competitors from the summer split back then as well. Uh, yeah, now that's we who they see. went to Worlds with. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the same people still running the game, and he'll be coming back into that. And now we get to see if EG was right about picking Jensen, uh, or picking JoJo over Jensen. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Alright, All right, but enough about C9. Yeah, let's move on to some TSM news. Who A couple of things happened with them, but let's start with the roster stuff. So, it looks like the, um, the LPL import from Thunder Talk Gaming Young uh, Kai Duo <laughs> is going to be out of the team, but uh, and he'll still be in the America for a little bit longer, but he's no longer playing for TSM. Not I don't even think for the Academy team either. And they I think they announced today that they'll be bringing in Maple as well. Yeah, uh, officially. Uh the next thing is that they have a, a few other Academy moves as well, uh dropping Viper and bringing in some like anime girl, I think the guy's name is. Uh, but I think he name changed to Soul now, but yeah, anime girl. Okay, <laughs> you would have heard about him before. I think that that's the one I remember. Yeah, and then yeah. they they're bringing in another support named Mia, who I, I looked it up, and that that player comes from like Latin America, but he's a he's a Korean import who was playing in Latin America before this, and now he's yes. on TSM Academy. So, to my understanding, they have three supports right now with Yursan, Shenyi, and and this Mia person. I think I think they've announced that your son is like now on like an inactive roster. Like they, I think he, they said he's going back to to China or Taiwan, wherever he's from. Um, and he and he's like still on under contract for TSM, basically, but not playing. So it's it's kind of like Kaidua, but he's like still technically on the team, kind of. Ooh, but he won't be weird. the academy one. Oh, okay, it's okay. Like, now, now it's like only Shenyi and, and Mia who are like gonna be. I, I think, I think they also there also was a tweet from um, Jack uh, K's like from from TSM that was saying that Shenyi and Mia are gonna be like competing for the LCS spot, but they announced Mia as the academy support for now. Right. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people were thinking that Mia was gonna be the the main roster support, but then they announced him as the academy one already. Hmm. And then, surprise out of nowhere today, um, they, TSM suddenly announced Xsmithy will be um, be brought on as the coach for the academy team. I guess it gave me a, a little bit of mixed feelings because we haven't seen Xsmithy in, even <laughs> in the scene for like four years. Yeah, the guy has been like super radio silent yeah with like the odd like comment on someone else's tweet every once in a while and i think the last thing that we saw from him is right. that he was doing some like coaching with some website like about a year or two ago and really that was it we were talking we kept saying that like oh x smithy and double lift and uh, you know since garen and, and people like that are missing from the league you know how would they be and we kept thinking like how would they be doing in these metas and how would they and how would teams be doing with these players and is he ever going to come back and um, and people have been saying like, oh, I think his name is Jake. Jake has been like, you know, he'll come back for the right circumstances or something like that. But it seems like he's pretty much in the same boat as a lot of the other players of like, eh, he had his payday and now he's not going to come back for anything less, at least as a player. Um, you know, right. Um, and then now he is here. He is back as a, back as a coach. And I guess it, it goes on with like a lot of the stuff that has been going on with TSM of like signing people too late. I guess because a lot of a lot of people were saying that they got sword art, you know, too late 
Now they have Maple. Are they getting Maple like too late? Now they have Ick Smithy <laughs> as a coach. Um, when they maybe they should have signed Ick Smithy like five <laughs> years ago. So I just think that that's kind of funny. Like <laughs> thinking about like how ironically they're signing all these like formerly great players. Right. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I I feel like with the Ick Smithy stuff, especially, it's like I guess this is where like um, I feel mixed about him signing as a coach because i think he'll be a good coach i like him as an academy coach you know i know as i say this knowing that he like literally hasn't done anything on a team as far as we know for you know yeah i have no idea about his coaching uh prowess yeah (laughs) Uh, but he seems like a good guy that would be good and i'm just i'm surprised that amidst everything going on like with tsm as like an org kind of that they were able to get xmithy on as an academy coach because that feels like such a banger pickup of like a good guy who will probably do a good job yeah like who going into like this like mess yeah, like look who is like who keeps coming to our organization like at least they're keeping it up with speaker keeping it up with expertly now and hopefully they can uh, continue to attract more talent because um, i think that a lot of people were kind of like looking to um peter zhang as like the familiar face at, at tsm after the last year but then but then now he's gone too so (laughs) then that i guess it's just like k's and speaker i guess all right we gotta we gotta talk about maple though at least how do you feel about them getting maple i really don't care either way and if anything i'm kind of down about it um because i i think who whoever it was before takeover i i would rather see him get more play then bring in Maple because I, I don't even know what, what's been what's Maple been up to. I, I don't has he even been playing for like top five LPL teams or I think he I think, was doing well back in his. I think he was in LPL and he was bad. Yeah, he was like he was like bottom six teams in LPL and that's a sixteen team league. You know, like it was. You're right, good. and I, I think he went back to the region that the Flash Wolves is in, and I think he was. LMS yeah, I think now, he, right? well, yeah, he was doing well. Didn't wasn't he on PSG Talon or am I tripping? So he was on PSG Talon. He went from PSG Talon when they were doing good, not last year but the year before. Okay. Um, he went he went from PSG Talon to the LPL team. I think. I think maybe he was on PSG Talon last year. Let me look it up while we're sitting here taking, talking about it. Yeah, because I know um, we remember like Doggo and stuff like that out of, or whoever was playing ADC. The ADC replacement. Oh, okay. So he, so yeah. So he was on PSG Town last okay. year, December 20, 2020 to December twenty twenty. Yeah. And yeah, and and they so did hot year, all of last year. They the LPL like PSG Town was. Yeah, last year they were hype. Hmm. Um, and I think you know the thing that I think about this move is that I think this is what they wanted to do. Like to me, I feel like I'm remembering during the like mid season off season um, where they were wanting to like there were rumors that they were getting maple right like i thought that was a like a thing like he was a candidate essentially right um especially with like getting chawi and um having like talk like having sword art for a little uh-huh. bit you know like you'd think that would be a a good angle um but i think that you know like once once you go with Kiaidawa, it's like okay. Well, now we're like all in on this young guy. I right? thought like, they were whatever. Yeah. Whatever happened that they couldn't? Yeah, whatever happened that they couldn't get Maple, and then you get this like then you're like okay, we're going with this rookie guy. Uh, 
it feels a little weird to go back, but also in a way, I think because of how well takeover went for them, you know, like in that replacement role, um, I think they probably feel good about takeover and they're fine keeping him in an Academy role and getting Maple now because you're like, you have the opportunity to, and you probably need to do something. Otherwise, like your team looks bad. Yeah. Right? So it's like, we get Maple now. We look better this year. We still have takeover who we probably feel good about next year. If something goes wrong with Maple or if he just decides like I'm old and don't want to play anymore. Uh, and he, he's only 24, but like he's still, that's, you know, old, maybe he's been playing for a long time. <laughs> um, but like if like that feels like this is probably what we wanted to have a good mid rather than a pure rookie mid, and we still feel like we have a good rookie mid. So that's why it's like not just Kadoo going to academy or staying on the roster in some way, and like them just kicking him and setting bringing in Maple. So I, in a way, I feel okay about it. I don't think like TSM is going to be suddenly amazing. But I think Maple probably should be good in NA, right? Like looking bad in LPL is probably not a good accurate, like a good representation of looking bad in NA, especially if they were if he was pretty good on PSG just last year, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad that TSM is making a a high caliber move. I, I, I'm just not too hyped about it being Maple, although you know, verifiably yeah. he did well last year for himself. Um, I've just been so down on TSM after this split and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever problems that they may or may not have been having with communication throughout the team because of having all of these, uh, let's just say foreign players, uh, come into and having to interact with, um, tactical and Huni, and, and then like speaker being caught in the middle of all of that. I, d- does that solve any mm-hmm. of this? I'm, I'm sure that if Maple was going to come to any LCS team, then TSM is a great team due to all of the Chinese infrastructure that they have. But I'm just not hyped about it, and it would be a pleasant surprise if, um, even if Maple just does well for him, himself, and then whether if TSM improves at yeah. all, maybe to like <laughs> you know to be able to make playoffs, then I, that would just be a pleasant surprise. But right now, I'm just like what, kind of what, kind of whatever. TSM, do you... I don't I don't know if Maple is going to be top yeah. five. I'm glad that they kept Shenyi. I'll also say that I I felt like. Right after the season ended, it felt like there was worry for me that they were going to totally blow up the roster, right? Like, it's going to be Kaido gone. It's going to be, um, like, there were talks about, like, them getting Bo from FPX and, like, replacing Spika. And I was like, dude, if TSM blows up this roster completely and, like, Shenny's gone and it's just, like, Tactical and Huni who are, like, not even really TSM guys, uh-huh. you know? Like, I feel like it's just, it's all is lost. But the fact that they kept most of the team from last year... And it showed, or from last split, like it's not even a year, Jesus. Um, but the fact that they kept most of the team, like they they might be doing, you know, some growth here, gives me better hopes than if they had just completely dynamited the roster. I'm I'm with you with that as well. All right, we're not even through all of the changes yet, so let's get through. Um, let's talk about <laughs> Immortals now, who made a whole bunch, of, or they're looking to make a whole bunch of changes. So uh, first, they officially picked up Ignar, who, uh, like we were saying, took a break off and. Uh, for this split, and then now he's back with Immortals, uh, who have also dropped their current support, Destiny, uh, for this. And then they also lost Xerxes, who, who will be going back to the EU LCS as well. So uh, right now they are without a jungler, but they have picked up Ignar, and I believe they are rumored to pick up Lost. 
uh, from Golden Guardians, which I'm a little confused about because then they would be having Wild Turtle, Arrow, and Lost. Um, so something is going to yeah. happen there <laughs> to make all of that work. But how how do you feel about the addition of, of Ignar to the Immortals team? Who you know joining uh, joining um, Power of Evil and you know technically Wild Turtle is still there. So it's like remnants of that FlyQuest team from yeah. a couple of years ago. What would you think about these roster changes? That made playoffs. That went to yeah. Worlds. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like Ignar. I, I, I think he's a good pickup. I definitely am surprised that he managed to go a whole split not on a team. You know, like, especially because it didn't seem like that was Ignar saying, I don't want to play, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm I'm glad that he's back on a team. I feel like this is a good spot for him, like you said, with, with Power of Evil again. Um, so yeah, that, that part's cool to me. I'm, I'm interested that they're dropping Xerxes. I don't know who they're going to get for jungle. Maybe that's yeah, that'd be that'd be sick. Back. Maybe this is his spot. Yeah, that would that would I'd be kind of hyped for that roster. Um, like with yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, the lost pickup also. I'm like I'm confused about that lost pickup too. Like one, I don't think he looked good on Golden Guardians. I feel like Golden Guardians looked okay this split. Like I'm surprised that they would want to get rid yeah. of him. So I wonder. I wonder if they just like are doing a straight up trade for one of the eighty carries on Immortals. You know, that would make like, sense. I, I would. I wonder if it's like with Wild Turtle or if Wild Turtle is like retiring or something. Like he said, I'm done. Like I don't want to be tenth place. You know, like maybe I'm just bad. I, like that that stuff. I'm not sure. But I do feel like Lost had a decent split. That I I'm not like like oh Immortals this is a downgrade. You know, I mean Immortals is a fucking tenth place team. So like. It's probably hard to downgrade your roster, um, so I feel like I feel like it's a good pickup for them. But I don't know, like why I don't know one why Golden Guardians would get rid of them, or two why Immortals would feel the need to fill this spot when I think they have two serviceable eighty carries. Yeah, and I can't imagine that like this there would I I could see like a swap for um, like eighty carries like but I don't know exactly why, but I don't imagine that. You know, to fill in the jungle void that Immortals has, that another the, uh, Golden Gardens would be getting rid of so many different people and making so many changes. So yeah, I'm equally as confused because I I was kind of hoping that Golden Guardians was going to run it back. I, I was I was actually kind of hoping a lot of these teams were going to run it back, um, with the rosters that they yeah. had. Uh, anything else for Immortals that you want to chat about? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. They, yeah, I think we, I think we hit them. Okay. Should be. And then um, the last roster change that was already confirmed is that Fake God has left Dignitas. And then, I think that's it. I, I don't Sag. think I missed anything else. But yeah, just like ten roster moves happened in the last week before MSI takes place. And I wonder if we're going to see more. But I, I, yeah, a lot of these teams in the bottom half of the league just made a whole bunch of moves that I really just came kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I'm I am wondering if Dignitas isn't like done making moves either. I did did you see there was there was some tweet like it was like a day after the fake god release that uh Biofrost made a tweet that was just like a sad face. And like I'm like I'd be that's when I th- and this is like pure speculation. Like nobody has said anything like this is actually him getting dropped or something, but I would have been I'd be shocked if they dropped Biofrost or made changes to their bot lane. I, I'd be pretty shocked too, because I thought that they were doing well for themselves um, on Dignitas. But 
the fake god move. I I fake god. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not yeah, there's not a lot to say. <laughs> it sucks for him, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a few too many splits of him just like, I don't know, he's been put in shitty situations, you know. He's probably he's probably academy level somewhere, but I don't know if teams want to fit him into an academy spot at this point, you know. Just it's hard to hard to justify. Uh-huh. All right, now, lastly, to wrap up this episode, let's talk about the article dropped by the Washington Post today, um, which kind of culminates <laughs> a lot of the stuff that has been going around with TSM Reginald and this, I guess, let's say, toxic environment that he has brought about. Uh, we we have mostly thought about, like, the League of Legends team, but, of course, he runs the whole, like, TSM company. So, as a result, maybe some of the other teams have been affected in this manner and as as well as the sister company blitz um as well and so uh, you know, throw, i don't want to get too much into it because a lot of it is just like it's not that i don't take it seriously but it, i feel like it's just a, a, a lot of anecdotes combined into one um about the toxic and uh, allegedly abusive atmosphere that has been fostered um and like people like being fearful for their jobs and having been a part of yeah, I guess the environment that has been brought about by Andy and Reginald, or or Reginald, yeah. But one part that I'm interested in this uh, whole thing is that suddenly in the middle of all of it, there's this whole part about what that takes up most of the article actually about um, some people being classified as um, contractors rather than employees, and uh, but the kind of duties that these people were having and uh, having to report to, you know, having to report to work at a certain time um, and work a certain number of hours and stuff like that. They report that they have been misclassified as contractors, even though they're fulfilling these other kind of things um, when they, sh- and they should be employees and therefore TSM should be paying, you know, certain kinds of taxes and um, providing benefits, at least in the state of California. And so not correctly ident- classifying them as employees in the state of California is considered fraud from you know what what I like briefly looked up about it. So yeah. <laughs> I, with, 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 kind of, with what I've, I guess what I've told you so far, I think that has like, or I, I think that it could have implications on like maybe even like the spot in the LCS. But I guess, what do you think about like this article yeah. coming out and a lot of this stuff? It, it, and I, I actually kind of feel like the ex-Smithy news came out to like co- combat this, uh, just like in like right, a funny honestly, conspiracy kind of way. It's not a bad, it's not a bad move to do that because I feel like Smithy is like a uh-huh. great guy to try to be, you know, the oh positive news. Um, yeah, I don't know this this article. I, I think I think I might have said something like this when Doublelift like first came out with like being you know the the accusation like drama frog kind of guy. <laughs> um against reginald a few months ago um and like i honestly this article is kind of like the thing that i would have liked to see come out of that to start right like you go to a reporter like make this like a legit thing rather than a he said she th- said he said she said thing and i think that I, I yeah i mean like you said the the part about like the contractors and stuff like actual legal stuff is like w- it's gonna like there, something has to come out of this at this point is basically my thing. Um, I 
I don't know this. Yeah, this one, but this one feels bad. Like this one is like the most like I don't know. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do to really deny or like cope about like Reginald not putting people in a shitty spot at this point, right? Like that's like like not good leadership to get to a point where you know there are fucking Washington Post articles written and investigations done and like multiple witnesses, you know, are. are people willing to like kind of testify or, or respond to that in a, a news article, you know? So I'm, uh, I don't know. It, it sucks. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I, I think, I think you're right. I think something has to come out of this of like LCS probably in particular, um, needs to respond in some way to this. If the like legal stuff, especially comes out as true. Cause I think that, I think one it would look it would look bad for LCS if like a different like I mean TSM is in a lot of other esports right besides just League like even like Blitz works for other games besides League right like they're they're in these other places and if a different company like cuts ties with them first I feel like Riot and LCS will like look bad as if they're like not as serious about it uh, so as like a team, as an organization that you're like a franchise partner of the league, right? Like this is like serious big business ties. It's probably important for them to make that kind of move and like prove like, yeah, we're going to act on this rather than just like let it continue to slide. Yeah. I, I, I want to echo your sentiment too, because I kind of downplayed all of the other stuff as well. But now it feels like it's serious that like, like you were saying that the reporting is here like now all of the people or a lot of people are seem to be coming forth about you know what more than just the league of legends team and you know more than just the stuff that's happened in 10 years ago it's also you know it continues to be stuff in the last five three one year ago um of this like this environment has been um has continued to manifest itself um through the leadership team um, although a lot of the leadership team has been swapped out in the last year, and so yeah, I, I feel like with just with this article, it feels like like n- now it's a hundred percent serious. When and like you were saying, kind of beforehand, it's it still had an air of like, is anything going to come out of it? And like, sure, there's investigations going yeah. on, but what's what's going to happen? What's going to be the conclusion of the investigation and and stuff like that's kind of how it felt yeah. like before. And that's now not... it feels like something will come yeah. out of this, and it could have like dramatic consequences yeah and i and i say that like it's not to downplay like the stuff that double lift or like anybody else who came out about you know reggie being kind of an asshole right like that's not that's not to say that they're they were wrong or like you know like are wrong now or anything like that like i i think it's just like when you come out and you know go to like you go to a stream or you're just like sanctioned on twitter like like, even the positive statements where, you know, you had, like, Odd One and all these other, like, XTSM guys coming out and trying to say, like, oh, yeah, like, I never had any bad experiences with Reggie, or, yeah, he was just, like, those kind of stuff. Like, all that is, like, just, like, a battle over this, like, random court of public approval shit, right? And you're you're getting, like, you're following versus they're following, whatever. And I don't think anything can come out of that. So it's just, like, a weird spot to put yourself in. And that's why I said, like, the drama frog shit with double lift right like that that's what that is yeah but coming coming from like like this where like like just having a singular place where you're 
like actually interviewing people that have you know like they're talking to blitz employees like in this a lot of them like this is shit that's not just like yeah and that's not like this isn't people that just like want or like have some tie to the lcs like esports situation right and they're doing this shit anonymously like you're getting you're getting stuff that's not just like potential for like vying for clout you know or or, like going after followers like none of that's going to matter when it comes to these are people's jobs these are people's like like you know career dreams in some senses i'm sure a lot of people like want to work at tsm or blitz because like you know that that's like fucking tsm right right? like that's a that's a brand right like for for those people this stuff matters way more than just like being like oh yeah reggie yelled at dyrus can't you guys see that he's a dick you know like that kind of stuff is like not gonna matter as much but yeah something's we'll coming see, out we'll of see it. what comes out of it something has to come out at this point and if nothing it like if this just stays like i don't know at this point this stuff can't stay radio silent you know like this is the kind of shit where a month or two from now even if tsm like is doing well again in lcs right like I, and it feels bad because i feel like they they have a successful they have successful esports branches you know like their rainbow six team is like winning things their valorant team is like not as good now but like a top team kind of thing, right? Like they're competing for real things. And I feel like they're not all as like dysfunctional as maybe the TSM league team has been in the last year, but it feels bad for those teams too. Just like it feels bad for these blitz and plays, the people we were talking about in the article that all this shit has to happen around them, like from that top level. And hopefully they can figure out a way that makes it so those teams that are underneath it don't get like directly impacted in the same way that like, you know, if, if like if in, in the case where like something, you know, a, the LCS decides Reginald can't be involved anymore, you know, like then hopefully they can just find a way to kick him from CEO positions or whatever, rather than like kick the team out of the league, you know? Yeah. Some, something has to change about TSM. In order for them to like keep being TSM, I guess, or like maintain um, the the um, yeah. the regalness that they have, I suppose. Maybe X Smithy is gonna make the jump from to, academy to head coach to CEO of the fucking conglomerate in like a yeah, few months, that'd be man. a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Bjergsen comes back to run TSM from the head, not the head coach, the head of the company. All right, I, I think I'm all pooped out here for all of our topics. Yeah, we had a lot to cover. It took a while, but we got here. <laughs> all right, and that's going to be it for episode 55 of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and if you did, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on the service that you're listening to us on if you haven't already. We appreciate it if you also give us a rating or hit the like button to show up some support. You can find us on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and so forth. We'll see you all next time for another episode of On The Hunt. (laughs) So long, folks. (laughs) 